0: And we're back to Above the Pitch. Thanks, everyone, for joining with us again. We're about to head into game week 12. 10 and 11 has just passed by. We apologize for the interim and episodes, but we finally got a chance to gather our thoughts after the international break. We want to give you some interesting information that we have on the managerial position changes that have gone on in the last week or so. Also, our thoughts on the top
1: four and the unemployment rate not looking too good for the Premier League. Absolutely not. It's playing like hot potato with managerial positions. Uh, Coaches are coming and going. It's around that time of the season where uh, the presidents of clubs give the gift that keeps on giving, a nice sack of goodbye. That's right. And you know what? I think the first one we should definitely touch upon is
0: the one with high expectations and with a manager we've discussed once
1: before, and that's with the appointment of Eddie Howe at Newcastle. And if you listen to the podcast years ago, you would remember that we were huge Eddie Howe fans. That's the man. Uh, I think it's a great appointment for Newcastle. I think he's the man to drive an attacking team, a team that's going to be fun to watch. Yes, Bruce didn't have the funnest team to watch, but he was working with what he had with probably the worst ownership of Premier League team, which was Newcastle. And now they have a bright future ahead with... Hopefully a lot of money, because we're not sure quite how much money this this group has, this this Newcastle Fund group has. That hasn't been explained yet. There's a lot of paperwork that needs to be done. A lot of stuff's all in the air. The EPL president is actually, he might step down, news that came out today, because of that whole deal that went down. But Newcastle fans are excited. They don't really care what else is going on. They're finally going to be able to see their team push more than four players up the field. And they can probably avoid relegation, but it'll be a hard task for Eddie Howe because they are bottom of the table, basically. And things need to change fast. We are 15 games in. You know, I love to believe in the Cinderella story.
0: And I look at the table and I think about the appointment. And to me... It seems like that road is so far uphill. I'm really not convinced by much. I'm going to be honest. You know, I look at the teams and you could be super excited about Newcastle. You could be excited about any of the teams with the new appointments, but I think there's a point where you also have to be realistic. You have to look at the 20 teams and tell yourself what three are going to get the bottom of the barrel and are going to get cut. And to be honest, When I look above Newcastle right now, who's currently sitting at 18, at at 19, sorry, aside from maybe Watford, I don't see a team that deserves to be under them. And that kind of goes to my point with Eddie Howe. Do I think that's a great appointment? I do. We've talked about how smart he is as a manager and what he's done with the Cherries, with Bournemouth and that group. But I feel like at the end of the day, there is a lot of gaps
1: in skill in Newcastle. And I don't think they're going to be up to par. Yeah, they do have a championship defense. And when we spoke about our um, top 10 listing and our bottom four listing, um, I had obviously Newcastle staying up because I thought Norwich, Burnley, and Watford were probably going to go down. Mm -hmm. I think in January they definitely need to spend, I think, Norwich needs to spend. I think Watford will also need to spend if they're going to keep it competitive and try to really fight out and not yourself not let yourself just fall to the championship again right after, you know, being promoted. That's definitely something Norwich doesn't want to do. Burnley has picked up points because of Cornet. He scored some big goals for them, and they just got a point away from Chelsea recently by having one shot on target and mm-hmm. one shot total in the game, and it happened to go in. Um And those are big points. But, yes, those four teams in general will need to do a lot of work. The only thing I will say that might be Eddie Howey saving grace and maybe
0: the only thing that makes sense to me in this puzzle. Frazier. Not only that, there I feel like there are a few pieces that are left on this bench that are completely underused. People like Joe Willock, he's completely underused. Even Shar. Someone who was really big for them on defense. And now I'm seeing guys like Clark and Kraft playing over Shar. You know, there's a few names on this bench, including Frazier, right? Now rejoining again with his former manager. If he could figure out how to get all those pieces going all over again, then okay. Because there is talent on the team. They do have one of the worst back fours that I feel like they do. But if he gets that together, then okay. Maybe, just maybe, they are safe by
1: one position, and they squeeze Watford underneath. Yeah, they'll definitely need a center mid and a center back, something to finish up their spine. Obviously, have, they have uh, St. Maxim, they have Fraser, Joe Wilk needs to up, step up. He's had, had plenty of playing time, and he's just hit the bench. Um, They got Callum Wilson back, another former cherry. Yep. So, they All have they a need lot is of... his junior status loss? Maybe they'll get a... What's his name again? I went on Watford. Josh King back.
0: They need Josh make King. make his
1: second transfer of the season.
0: <laughs>
1: Every game week he's going to switch teams to help
0: everybody up from relegation. He likes scoring
1: goals. That's true. Yeah, that's
0: motivation. Now, I would like to continue our segment, well, our episode with the biggest of appointments, the biggest name in the managerial world right now as far as managers are being transferred is concerned. Very big. That is Antonio Conte coming to Tottenham and me and Florida are very excited for this portion because in this year it's going to be our first time having a guest on our podcast and that is a longtime Spurs fan our close friend Antonio. Welcome to the cast my friend.
2: What's up guys? Uh, It's great having me uh, on the show here. I appreciate you guys having me and before you guys uh, can say anything I'm just going to say (laughs) Campione, campione, <laughs> ole, ole, ole. I love it. Why? Because Antonio Conte is the man for the job. He needs to wake Spurs the hell up.
0: I thought you were an Inter Milan fan. That's why you were
2: saying that. No, <laughs> I am. That's my <laughs> secondary team, along with Atletico Madrid. But that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> man, what an appointment from, from Spurs.
0: Yeah, what do you think?
2: Honestly, I have hope. Why? Because, you know, you guys know me for a while. I've been a Spurs fan since 07. Our last trophy was 08 when the current Carabao Cup was called the Carlin Cup. We had to change names of the damn trophy in order for us to, to <laughs> still not win it. What a legendary trophy. <laughs> <Lit>. <laughs> <laughs> but But uh, uh, honestly, the, the the man that deserves all the, the credit in this transfer is, is the director of football. And uh, that guy is uh, Fabio Paratici. He came from Juve. Uh, and we hired him in the summer, and he actually wanted Conte in the summer. And Conte at the time, like, apparently he had like too much love or connection for Inter at the time. Wasn't ready to commit, blah, blah, blah. And recently with Conte, he was like pretty much waiting for the United job. So thank you, Floto. Thank you, Ole Gunnar Sol- Solskjaer. So I'm happy you it took doesn't it. Doesn't matter. I appreciate Ole Gunnar Solskjaer beating us at home 3-0. To save his job and give us the hottest manager in the market right now. I texted you before that game. <laughs> yes, you did. I said,
1: if you lose this, you're <laughs> going to get him. And you're like, no, he doesn't want to come. Yep. I'm like, he's going to come. Yep. He's going to come. But the original appointment was obviously Spirito Nuno Santos. Mm-hmm. That was the, the fifth, eighth choice. And it didn't go well. Why don't you think it went well?
2: <sighs> uh, what went a, wrong? A couple, couple different reasons. You know, Nuno to me, didn't have enough experience at the highest level, right? And he's coming into a Spurs team, you know, with all this expectation, new stadium, you know, Daniel Levy being the the strict hard-ass that he is. So a lot of weight on his shoulders, right? Coming from Wolves, who they had a great run with him about the past four, five years. But he just wasn't the man for the job. He needed a long time, a long time for him to to have any success with us. And at this rate, we, we don't have time, you know? if we want to compete with the top four, if we want to get back into the Champions League. You know, guys, it was only two, maybe less than three years ago, Tottenham were in the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Look how far we've come down. It's been a horrible downfall ever since that game. Yeah. So I personally don't think, you know, nice guy, Nuno, but just not the right guy, not the right time, you know. And this guy, back, going back to what I was saying with Paratici, like he, he, he made a big move at a big time and convince Daniel Levy somehow to get this guy in the door, and, and he's in, and I'm excited. Honestly, I'm, really excited.
0: I, I'm not going to pretend
2: to know. Paratici, is he a new guy? Has he been there? So he got hired in the summer as a new director of football, and pretty much by them doing that, he Daniel Levy almost is like, here, you, you're kind of in charge now of the football. I'll run the administrative side and the financial side, but like I see that I've been trying to do that for the past couple of years, and it hasn't hasn't gotten us anywhere. You know, we all know Daniel Levy is a hard negotiator and whatnot, but this guy is going to, I think, spend big. You know, I think he's going to make some a good clear out of the squad that, you know, needs to happen. And, you know, I, I don't think they honestly would have gotten Conte if they didn't promise him something. So right? he brought his
0: uncle and then his nephew Golini, and then we're good. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Apparently we're going to buy a bunch of Serie A players, but we'll see how that goes. And, and that was the thing. Conte wanted a
1: big transfer budget right and whether levy's actually going to give it to him you know his handshake is not that firm you know um it is a great appointment something that i wish united would do to sack the manager that you knew it wasn't going the right direction and something needed to change and it's obviously all about business for levy and top four you get extra money and that team needs to be in champions league or you miss out on players right? And that's definitely Levy's focus. It's all about making the money and making the right move. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, when you look at Conte coming
0: in, you're looking at a very decorated manager and someone who's very proven in what he's doing. And of recent time, he has gone 2021, Inter Milan, Champions of Serie A. That is a big feat. That is an 11-year drought that he broke with a player who was supposedly washed up from Man United becoming the second in the golden boot race behind Cristiano Ronaldo. I think that speaks volumes. He could have easily tried to do that with Latour Martinez. He had other options on his team. Correa, but Lukaku was the one that did that. It shows that he knows how to utilize his players a certain way. He's bringing that system that Florida was like he doesn't want to touch that with United, and that's the five in the back. Conte has showed that in his first outing with Spurs, with the five in the back. I think you're gonna start seeing Kane way more utilized than this entire season.
2: Agreed, hundred percent. Agreed, hundred percent. And I think by Conte bringing his you know three-five-two system, uh, uh, they're gonna get a lot of joy. Just as like you, just as we saw with Inter Milan, a lot of joy down the wing. You know, players now that are gonna benefit are you know, new signing Emerson Royale, right? He's going to be flying down that right. Reguilon is going to be flying down the left.
1: You mm-hmm. know, I
2: think Reguilon even came out and said, coach wants me to be more part of the attack. He wants me to get assists and score goals. And Reguilon wasn't doing that at all in the back four. Yeah, he'd get an assist here and there, but like, lit. I just traded him on fantasy. Horrible call. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: that's the big thing with Conte. You got to have the respect of the players and the players will respect you. And I don't feel like that's something Santos had. Like when David Moyes came to Manchester United, the first thing he did when he walked in the desk room was like he kind of made a joke. He was like, hey, guys, I'm 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 here. You know, can you guys teach me how to win? I feel like when you say that to a bunch of winners, people that live to win, you lose their respect and you don't play for them. And I kind of feel like Santos coming in there, Kane kind of had that same vibe. Those players being told to sit back, play off the ball. They don't want to play that way. They don't go to Tottenham to play that way. And that kind of sets them on an offset. They lose interest, get the bad results, and now you have someone that will literally throw beer bottles at you if you don't do (laughs) what he wants. You're not having pizza. There's going to be no pizza. That's it.
2: You know that they – I'm sure you guys read, but Conte banned ketchup and mayo from the Tottenham facility. No ketchup, no mayo, and Kane scoring – on international break, two uh, super hat-tricks. It's because yeah. the
0: mayo has been holding him yeah. back.
2: Yeah, freaking Heinz. Who would thought? <laughs> it, it is
0: a funny topic to say, oh, you can't have pizza or condiments and things like that. I think the bigger scenario that's really coming up is how lenient was the club before he came in. You know, that is something that in a lot of major clubs you can't get away with. Like, your diet is extremely important. And you know what? Not going to go too far into them right now, but that kind of ties in the Man United issue. You know, when Ronaldo came, one of the comments was like, when Ronaldo was here, none of us ate dessert. Why were you eating dessert before? Why does it have to be that one guy comes in and now you have to shape up? That's probably why you're not as successful as well. It's a mentality thing.
1: Yeah, it's 100% a mentality thing. And that's why you need a strong coach with a strong head to lead that example. Now, my question, Antonio, do you feel... Kane
0: will be revived? Do you think he will go? Do you think it has nothing to do with the manager?
2: Interesting question because, you know, I feel like because in the summer, he had a lot of things going on, right? He just lost a Euro final in in, in England's hometown of uh, Stadium of Wembley in front of thousands of people, and he's the captain, you know? He was the one all of the nation was looking towards to lift that trophy. Bummer that they lost, right? But another thing that was going on in the summer is that his his transfer never went through to Manchester City, right? So he, he had two huge things happen to his career that really put him down. So I kind of expected somehow in a way that the start of the season for him would be slow. But now under Conte, I think he's going to, you know, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to get 20 goals this season. But I think he's going to definitely definitely contribute way more than what we've seen in the early stages of the season. So I do think Conte is going to make an impact, not, you know, the the golden boot and golden assist maker like he was last year. But hopefully uh, hopefully, he lights a fire on their, all their asses, like, especially players like Deli Alley. Oh, my God. Oh, this is a different topic. For we different don't talk day. about Deli Alley on this Yeah. Podcast. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I'll take that back. Edit that out. We're he- not <laughs> even going to ask the question. Is if he gonna is he gonna
1: be good under Conte? Absolutely, it's not, not even a question. Not, all, it wasn't trash. a question. You don't have to answer. It wasn't a question. Far. I'm saying we're not talking about it. <laughs> Deli Ali. <laughs> what hit, did I say? He had all the DiGiorno <laughs> in his room right now. He's, he's going. Really imagine going out with Pep's daughter and being terrible at soccer. How do you sit at the dinner table with him? <laughs> what would you do if I told
0: you? I think Kane will get 20 goals by the end of the year.
1: Side onto that question. Do you think? he will have the same effect as Diego Costa when Conte was at Chelsea?
2: One, to answer Mike's question, I disagree. I don't think he's going to get 20 goals, right? Yeah, he's on fire for England, like we said, but I just don't see it happening. Conte's teams don't score a lot, by the way. I don't see it happening.
0: I have two reasons why I think so. Mm -hmm. One, maybe you could say I'm overplaying it, but the fact that he can go from, I can't score against Batiste when I'm playing with Spurs, and I can't score against Burnley when I'm playing with Spurs. But all of a sudden, the entire country of Albania, I can get a hat-trick.
1: Anybody can score 10 goals against San Marino. Well, I'm not bringing up San Marino. That's I'm just saying, I think against... Albania is... Was the Albania?
0: No, Albania San was the, fir- Albania was Marino, the first Marino, team. Albania, yeah. The first team was Albania. He scored a hat-trick. And then San Marino, four goals. I'm not even going to discuss San Marino. I'm just talking about the fact that he can actually perform on a bigger stage. The second thing I'm talking about is what we were talking about with the presence of Lukaku in a system with a five in the back and the way Conte plays, and the plays spread everything out to the wings, which bring the ball inside, which is makes Kane really a focal point, which instead of trying to make Kane feeds on the ball all day long, which Nuno was trying to do, really, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to be a focal point all over again, and it could make him blow
2: up. So I agree with you because the formation... Makes it seem like he's going to be that, you know, target man. And he's going to be like, What you is it going to look
1: like? What's uh,
2: him, like, him with, with, like with the formation? With like, the players. With the, the players. players? Okay. Yeah. Lloris Net obviously. Three in the back. They'll probably play Romero central because that's where he was in Atalanta at his best. So the right and left of him is probably going to be maybe Dyer. And maybe Davidson Sanchez. But I don't think Conte likes Davidson Sanchez. I think he probably rather maybe Rondon or Tanganga. So let's we'll just put the, either one of those in there.
0: So so far one center back.
2: Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> because <laughs> that's another huge issue. If, if if they're gonna if they're gonna really compete for top four, which we'll discuss later, they need to get at another center back for sure. So hard. I hope I it's been linked for like three years. Anyway, <laughs> it's Romero with ketchup on the left and mayonnaise on his right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then wing backs like we said are Emerson and and Regulon the The center, I th- he's been going with a with a combination of Skip and Hoyberg who they've played well together uh, under Nuno, and I don't, I don't think he's gonna break that up unless maybe he drops locelso into that pocket and takes maybe Skip out for if he wants some more attacking and ball possession and stuff like know this. know those
1: Italians, they love the Argentinians. I know, I
2: know. I think he's gonna get the most out of Loselso, but and then maybe what is that? That's a five two. He we're missing three more. Three more if he, he if he gets the most out of Ndombele, he's a record signing that'd be great if he plays him as a number 10 and then Kane and Son up top that that's that's an ideal lineup for, for me you know and you still have players like Bergvine, Lucas Moura on the bench they're even saying Lucas Moura might play as a right wing back instead of Royale, which honestly i don't see that being far fetched because yeah. they played Perišić as a left wing back on Inter Milan and he's you know a similar type of player more attacking than defending but um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, I've only seen two games from Conte, you know, the, the, the home game to Vitesse and uh, the draw away against Everton. So there's still a lot of a lot of gameplay left, a lot of, you know, exciting times as a Spurs fan to come. We'll see.
0: So I'm going to go off of what you said with I'm excited for what he has to give and I believe he will do well. Now, what is your measurement of? Well, the last season, you guys finished seventh, right? You had 18 wins under your belt. Right now you're sitting at five wins and uh you're sitting at ninth place. There is a lot of high caliber teams sitting trying to get those Champions League spots. For sure. Where do you feel like you're going to fall? Not where you want to fall.
2: So we're uh, where we're going to fall, I'd say is top six, right? Mm-hmm. Realistic uh, not realistic, more you know, fantasizing dream. We somehow sneak into top top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if Conte comes in and gives us top six this year, it, it it's a good start. But with an addition to something, if he gets top six and a trophy in his first three-fourths of a season, then this guy is amazing.
0: Well, he's the best manager
2: Tottenham's ever had. I, I, I agree. B- besides Mourinho, which Mourinho is, uh, you know, he he has his resume. We don't have to talk about that. But if Conte somehow manages to... Give a, Get us the FA Cup or the even the Europa Conference League, which I think personally, besides Roma, there's nobody else that's good in that competition. And hell, I know it's this first inaugural season, but it's a European trophy. And the European that European trophy, we automatically qualify for the Europa League. So, you know, it, so be it. If we, we get into the Europa League, next year he'll get us into the Europa League and then get us into the Champions League. You never know. So if he gets us a top six and a trophy this year, all Spurs fan across the globe will probably say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and call it a day until next season. I so. mean,
0: he could pull it off. All he has to do is get a Carling Cup, and he's the best manager of all time. For all right. them, yeah.
2: Honestly, <laughs> it, it, like we said earlier, it will used to be called the. It used to be called the Carling Cup. We'll take the Carabao Cup any day of the That's week. That's right.
1: <laughs> I think I think you guys are going to see a lot of zero zeros. Maybe a couple of one zeros because he definitely needs to fix that back. But not even Nuno could figure out what players to start, so he's going to need some time, obviously, to figure out what players he wants to play and when and where because he's definitely going to rotate. I feel
2: like he's going to rotate for sure. And, and and you know what else? Uh, what other uh, manager is going to have to do that and quick? Is another new appointment, which is Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa. What do, what do you guys think about that, Mr. Uh, Mike Liverpool fan over here? The man, the myth, the legend. So this is the question I want to ask you. So Dean Smith gets
1: fired. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was the right choice? Do you think it was fair? Obviously, Nuno, you had to, right? But do you think Dean Smith, after everything he's done, was it too soon? Honestly,
0: I feel like the move was kind of out of nowhere. It was like... I feel like with these kind of teams, the mid table teams, they wait till they like crash and burn, and then get rid was of their. Five,
1: I think it was like five losses.
0: Yeah, yeah, like and then they get rid of like their cult manager. You know, like they make sure they're really down under. I mean, yeah, they were in a bad position, sixteenth, but it's not something they haven't come back from before. And you know, their biggest signing Bailey's been injured the whole time, and you know Watkins hasn't been showing up, and et cetera. I think it's a good move. I think they need anything fresh just to give new ideas to the team. I mean, Dean Smith, honestly, we all feel like he's been there for a long time. He really hasn't been there for that long. So, I mean, you know, I keep that into perspective. He's only been in Aston Villa since 2018. So, you know, yeah, he's done a good amount, and they probably respect him a lot in the, you know, Villa camp. I think picking up Gerrard is a good time because... Out of all these players becoming managers, a majority of them flop and they just use their name to get far. It honestly looks like Gerard's pretty promising. I mean, nobody just jumps into the Scottish Prem and
2: all of a sudden Rangers. the
0: Rangers win, you know? Like, yeah, the, you know, they're they're, you know, arguably the top two teams in the Scottish Prem, but it's been ten years since they won a title. And you're telling me as soon as Jarr gets appointed and has a whole year to himself, he's able to put the pieces together? I think that's impressive.
2: I 100% agree because I uh, I think they I uh, I I saw a stat somewhere with with Gerard's record with with Rangers and it was insane. Yeah, it's really. It crazy. was insane. Like he had.
0: Well, I have uh, it. He has 64% win rate. There you go. Like he won 125 <laughs> out of his 193 games.
2: That's uh, unheard of. Like especially coming in there, like, like the team like you said, no no title in ten years, like always falling behind Celtic, and you know how big of a rivalry that is. So. I I I personally think Gerard is was a good appointment, but I kind of expected also Dean Smith to get sacked because if you look at the table, right Aston Villa last year what was probably top half. You know, keep keep in mind that they had Grealish of I think course. They, was 10. they were They were eleventh. Eleventh. 11. Right. That's the that's the area that you expect Aston yeah. Villa to be in. They're they're a mid table team. Now they're two points off the drop zone. You know that that's alarming for Aston Villa. They're they're usually nowhere near there you know they they have 10 points after 11 games played and burnley've who had a abysmal start to the season have 8 so i could see where the the sacking came from you know based off of the the table do i think gerard's going to do a good job it's going to it's going to take a lot of hard work you know but i think given what you said mike about putting the pieces together and a place like rangers this could be a great great fit for him
0: and you know what i feel like out of all the mid table teams you know i i keep saying this but the talent in this season is so crazy. Even with just managers, man, like yeah, we're talking about Conte and Klopp and Tuchel. You're still forgetting, like, you're going up against Bielsa just to get tenth. Mm-hmm. You know, For we'll sure. talk about him later. But Patrick Vieira just coming out of nowhere and doing well, yep. he's going to be in the mix. You know, you're having Brendan Rodgers sitting at twelfth. You know, these aren't like jokes of managers they're high-end managers i don't think the appointment of steven jarard means something insane but i think just the simple fact of staying afloat this year is going to be such a feat that that's what will be his achievement of keeping them afloat and you know what i feel like out of all the appointments as well he has the best established team right now out of all the other teams you know when it comes to norwich and newcastle and all that and Watford with Ranieri. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things for him, he's got a solid defense. You know, he's got Matty Cash to work with. He has an experienced Matt Target. Tyrone Mings. I mean, he can get the best out of him as well.
2: And don't forget his keeper, Emmy Martinez.
0: 100%. Fantastic. I think they have some heavy-duty pieces in that squad. He could honestly be a pretty good contender for the top half.
1: Florida, what do you think? Sounds good. I, I disagree with the sacking. So I will, I was expecting Steven Gerard to come to the Premier League and I think Aston Villa is a great experience for him and a choice for him kind of just fell into his lap and it was definitely the best job for him team-wise actually. I feel like this was the best team to start off for him cuz he plays 4-3-3 and he has enough attacking talent. He has the wing backs that to push up. He has a good central mid foundation with Douglas Luiz when he comes back. But I just feel like it wasn't the right time to sack Dean Smith because essentially he's going to now do the same thing that Dean Smith was doing. Learn how to work with all these new players and figure out where to put them and what formation to play. Don't forget, they signed Danny Ings, too. So you're trying to use all this money that you just used up on Grealish. And it's not like he got to use all the players. Danny Ings was injured Mm -hmm. now. Ali Watkins was injured the first part of the year. Buendia. Leon Daly. Leon yeah, Leon Bailey was injured already three times. Bundia was out at the beginning of the year. So yeah, he got all these transfers. He didn't get to use any of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Douglas Louise out. He was key for them, you know? Playing with half a team. He was playing, yeah. He was playing with half a team minus Grealish. You know what I mean? So I just feel like you know, you saw him the game before. He's wearing a nice outfit out on the field. You know, he looks like that's it. That's the manager of Austinville. Like, that's him. And all of a sudden, he gets fired. I just feel like it, it, you didn't need to. Like, you just needed to give him a chance to put that team together. It's not like the players didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Players loved him. So, you, you have you have the, the team behind you. Like, there's no there's no I think no Stevie G was just rolling
0: sweat, and he's thinking about Ryan Kent. And then, all of a sudden, Leon Bailey's looking real good on
1: his wing. I think he's gonna do a good job with Leon Bailey. I mean, yeah, he's gonna do he's gonna do a good job because they're gonna play attacking football. But listen, it's gonna be I think he'll his you know sixty four percent win rate is gonna go down a lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. I agree uh, with I that. don't think it's a feat to keep that team up. I think that team should stay up, and if he doesn't, if that team's anywhere close to the bottom. I think they'll realize that it was a mistake to change it.
2: But but speaking about staying up, I I, I want to ask you and flip it. Speaking about Dean Smith, yeah, do you think? Now Dean Smith, who, you know, looking at the table again, is only five points away from Norwich, who are bottom of the league. But then Norwich, out of nowhere, hire Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. Well, right. uh, d- uh, to me, that's a, you know, it looks like a good signing, to, but to me, I'm questioning it as well. Because, you know, he, he just got fired from a team that's two, two spots above the relegation zone. So how do you think he's going to motivate the bottom club with minus 21 goal difference to save them miraculously. I, I, I don't think it was the right appointment. No I, chance. I don't think
1: that they'll think about it like that, honestly. I don't think they'll look at the table and be like, hey, look at this guy's team. It was so much better, yet, you know, they're down below. I think Fark wasn't the right man to bring to promotion again. They, he, they tried once. It didn't work at all. They had him do it again, and I realized, you know, this coach isn't the right man for the job. Like, they give Fark two chances right? Clearly wasn't the man for the job. Same thing with Nuno. Clearly wasn't the right man for the job. Dean Smith is the only one you're like, ah, you know, I don't know if that was right. For me, at least, honestly. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who can get a team to attack. Like, Norwich hasn't been using, they haven't been using Sargent. They didn't use uh, Max Aaron's well. They didn't use Cantwell. Rashika. Cant- they didn't use Gilmore. So yeah. th- So they're missing out on using their actual attacking talent just to try and maybe stop Stop from losing 7-0, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a huge task to try and stop them to uh, not get relegated. But then you have Dean Smith, who's known in the championship Mm -hmm. for next year, to bring him right back up. You know what I mean?
2: But don't you think as a, you know, looking at the hierarchy of Norwich, like, do you really want to be that team that just keeps going up and down, up and down? Don't you want to stay in the Prem? And, and, and compete every year. Well, yeah, every every club that gets promoted wants that. But it's hard. I mean, look, we have the best, like you said, we have the best coaches here.
1: We have talent on every single team. Look at Brighton. That's who true. would have thought, you know, just because they're playing attacking style. And that's something that nowhere didn't pick up. Now all these little teams are playing attacking style, you know. Vieira, Graham Potter, you know, those are two dimension are playing attacking style football. Newcastle, they just hired Eddie Howe, who plays attacking style football. Mm-hmm. These small teams that I keep saying, that used to just get kicked around at the bottom and go up and down and up and down. They're fighting now, and teams are dropping points against them. Crystal Palace, how many times have they taken points off Man City? They just took three off of them this year. You yeah, know, it's, they, it's crazy. They,
2: they beat Spurs 3-0. Though there remind there you go. <laughs>
1: back, back then, they would just sit back. Well, what I, what
0: I wanted to say quick was that, again, I think the appointment for Norwich is actually a longevity appointment. I think everybody across the board knows norwich isn't getting out of this they're getting relegated you have a leaky defense of negative 21 you're not going to figure that out by putting one different guy somewhere else or attacking a little more it's just not happening it's just a feat that like even if you do that maybe you push up the two spots we're barely talking about you know any other team but maybe watford getting relegated right so You can't look at every appointment and keep saying, oh, well, that guy's going to make them better. That guy's going to make them better. There's just got to be a time where you're going to say, you know what? Maybe it's a, a, a long play. Maybe they're saying, we're going to get relegated anyways. If we can at least snag one of these top quality managers that doesn't have a job right now, make him create this team all over again or instill a certain culture, we get relegated, kill it in championship again, get enough money with this talent we have, mm-hmm. and then jump back in, pull a Brentford?
2: Maybe. Piggybacking on what you said, because you said, you know, I agree with you that it's 100% going to be like a miracle for them to stay up. But two other quick teams that aren't, you know, we shouldn't count them out of the relegation battle. Even though they had a hot start, Brentford are not out of the relegation battle to me. And neither are Leeds. Leeds have, you know, they've been unconvincing this year. And, you know, I feel like they're replicating what Sheffield United did. You know, first year Sheffield United came up, bang, they finished like eighth place. Leeds last year, bang, they finished top half. Now they're they're shaky. So I wouldn't count out Leeds or Brentford for, for the relegation battle. So if somehow Dean Smith come comes and, and and sneaks their way up, they they could somehow snatch it. You know, I I, I don't see it happening, but I, I I'm I'm not convinced on those two other teams that, that you know, Norwich still still has a slim chance. Slim chance. What do you think, Foto? what do you think, Florida?
1: Yeah, I think Norwich does not have a slim chance of making it up, but <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking about slim chances and uh Manchester United, slim chance top four.
2: Ooh, uh slim
1: chance top four. Yeah, I was I was listening to your uh explanation of you know Norwich and their plan. It kind of sounded similar to the Glazers at Man United, you know, get relegated, come back up, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that. sack the manager. They're going to EFL too and then they're gonna work back up. <laughs> I think they want to go all the way down. Meet Salford City. What's up, guys? Come back up, you know. I think I saw Cavani with Pizza Hut the other day, so I think it's not looking too hot. Yeah, well, uh, the, the topic always is, you know, is Ole going to stay? And obviously the Glazers are set fast on not kicking him away, you know, keeping him for the year. But, you know, names come up. Conte came up. We don't want him. He wants too much money. He doesn't fit the style. You know, then the major one is Zidane. Who wouldn't want Zidane? He would. He has the players that he would want. He has players that he's always wanted to play with, and he has former players. Then Brendan Rodgers comes in, you know, the guy who always wants to go a step higher. I don't know why you'd want him. Honestly, man, I think we should just come to terms. You guys are getting Ted Lasso, and you're going to call him a day. <laughs> Listen, I love— I, uh, coach, uh, He'd honestly do a better job at this point. Ole might as well be Ted Lasso. The guy has a smile on his face, and he says ridiculous things on the mic. You know what you guys aren't talking about? Your most failed signing
0: in the past three years, Alex Hunter. What's up with him? (laughs) That was Marcus Rashford.
2: (laughs) Dude, honestly, when, when Mourinho came in and he said that one of his best achievements is getting Manchester United second place, he's damn spot on about that because this team, like, I don't know what's going on with them. They have the squad. They have the talent. I honestly, I think they're they're just lazy. I think they're getting paid way too much. Probably they do. They're the people, most paid team in the league. People like Paul Pogba, who has the potential to easily be the top five midfielder in the world on any given weekday. Right? He's not being used right. He's, nah, he's not nah. being used right. I don't think so, man. He's I, not think, bad. I, think, I, think, I think seven assists in three games, and then he sits the bench because Ronaldo comes. Okay, so I, I agreed. Ole is sitting there on the bench. Van does It, it looks it's like hobbits out is out and, and making decision like hobbits is. Alright. I don't know what he's got in his, but he needs to get out of the club. He needs to get out. Alright, I'm saying that as a Spurs fan. Yeah. He's, Manchester United. It's not, it. It's not uh, it. You go to Manchester United, like Spurs, all the teams in the league go to Old Trafford. We 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 feared We don't guys. win that we don't win. We at feared home. Manchester United yeah. for so long. I watched. It's not it's, it's not the not same. The same, it's not man. The same. I, and and honestly, you know, I know you guys spoke about it last pod with, with Liverpool thumping United at home they bought a little like a, a screenshot of, of, of uh, Sir Alex in the crowd. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Like, my man was about to have a heart attack in the sense. Yeah. Like, what is going on at that club, and, man? He, his cholesterol went
0: up 100 points by that, the third goal. That, it, was, seriously. <laughs> it was not pretty.
2: And then we go
1: on to lose 2-0 City, obviously, and they literally walked around us. Like yeah. it, it was That game was worse than 5-0 Liverpool because they literally just, streamlined, just passed the ball around that we couldn't touch them. It was way worse to watch. Like, at least we touched the ball against Liverpool and and the score really didn't matter, but losing 2-0 the way we did to Man City was way worse. Agreed. Like, there was no no shot. They Uh, showed it another level. It felt better to me watching the other one. I mean, obviously,
2: you're a Liverpool fan. (laughs) But... We mentioned some managerial names, right? You said you said Zidane, you said you said Rogers. Rogers right? I we don't want Rogers. I don't think Rogers is gonna be good. This
1: man had the chance to be top four. You need you, you need a two two years in a row only to bottle it at the end. You're getting Every Sam time. Allardyce. I'm getting Sam Allardyce. Listen, We're you, gonna keep Ole till the end, unless Zidane decides I'll take them mid season. That's what's gonna
2: happen. I think you guys are gonna stick with Ole until the end. And then, that's disappointingly, end up in, like, fifth or sixth place. But if you, that if, way, Conte could come up and steal that football. Well,
1: that's we, if we get fifth or sixth, we might lose Ronaldo. Why? Because he misses out on Champions League. Mm. And there might be something on his contract that says, hey, I'm not in Champions League. I'm going. You know what I mean? Completely understand. Pogba will go. I'm sure he doesn't want to play in the Europa League again. He hasn't signed. He has to see where the team's going. Bruno's not going to re-sign his contract because the team's not going in an upwards direction. It won't look good. It won't look good. So change has to come fast. He played 3-5-2 against Man City when he knew it didn't work against Liverpool, where he knows, like, okay, I get it. You have a bad defense, right? And you want to play a 3-5-2 to secure that defense. But you're still getting scored on two goals every time in the first first half. It's not about the 3-5-2. Why don't you go back to what was working, which was 4-3-3 with counterattacking play. It worked. It worked.
2: So so we know Ole is definitely not going to be nominated for manager of the month. No that's way. What that, when that's you, a, that's when you, what I know. When you
1: saw Pep play traditional wingers, which is, means left foot on the left, mm-hmm. right foot on the right, that means your play expands even more. So that means when you're playing against a 3-5-2, that 3-5-2 needs to come out wider so now there are bigger holes to play in the middle of the box and around the field. And he didn't change anything. Like, that's just, like, standard knowledge. like. When you play with traditional wingers, it opens up the field as much as possible. When you play with inverted wingers, you can be compact on defense and play that 3-5-2 because they have to come in. And they just got spread out, and he didn't do anything. So it's just – obviously, he's not the coach. He, He always says he doesn't do the tactics. But you can't back your coaches and be like, this was my fault or I made the plans because at the end of the day, the coaches make the tactics, and you set them out. And you say, This is what you're going to do, but you guys don't change anything. The, like the whole crew needs to go. Like Michael Carrick, yeah. Phelan, the other guy, I always forget his name, that just does set pieces. All needs to go. They all need to go. There's no point in firing him and then leaving them.
2: Yeah, no. Mike, you were mentioning earlier, like this league has become so competitive, right? You got top tier managers, always not a top tier manager whatsoever, no. you know? You need that Zidane. You need that Pochettino. You saw what he did with Spurs. You need even that Diego Simeone, who is like probably one of the best coaches outside of the Premier League. The only reason, that's left.
1: the only reason why we'd even compete with Arsenal and Spurs this year is because of the actual players that we have. Yeah. If we didn't have those players, we'd be below you guys. Hundred percent.
2: I I personally don't think that you guys are gonna get a uh, top four, but uh, but, but i I was mentioning earlier, you know, hundred percent always not getting manager of the month, but there's Never. some. There are some other teams that are performing really well now that I think some of their managers might be creeping into the manager of the month. Like, I think Antonio has been taking over the podcast. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Transition. I like this. Transition. He's doing <laughs> great. He's doing great. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Continue. Fire. Go ahead. <laughs> so teams like, you know, we're, we're mentioning, you know, mid-table teams like Aston Villa, stuff like this. Teams like Brighton. Teams like uh, uh, Crystal Palace. The teams that are usually on the bottom of the table that like, oh, yeah, we're, they're, we're versing these teams at home. Easy three points. No, 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 no. Not anymore. Their home games, Brighton and Crystal Palace, are tough, tough, tough away games. Even then when they come to visit your your home your team's home stadium. Tough, tough, tough home games. So my question to you, Mike, is if there if you were to pick a manager of the month, would it be Vieira? Would it be Potter? Would it be somebody else? What do you think? I think I'm gonna go with Vieira. Tell me why.
0: I think he's getting the most out of this Crystal Palace team. I think he's making them shine. Think about what he's done in his last few matches. Mm -hmm. He ties it up with Arsenal. And an Arsenal that's coming up. Not the Arsenal in the beginning of the season. He has a little shaky game where he ties it up with Newcastle. Okay. Then guess what happens? Two? Nothing. Manchester City. Whew. What a result. 2 nothing. You don't just make that up. And then you got a hot Wolves team that's starting to come up again, getting momentum. 2 nothing. Yep. I think you can't ask for better.
2: Without a doubt, the error in your mind.
0: I think the only thing Crystal Palace fans have been hanging on to for the past few years I'm not just saying it because I'm a Liverpool fan, mm-hmm. was there a comeback with Liverpool. Was it like the 3-3 or 4-4 when we had yeah. Brendan Rodgers at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. That's like what they've probably been hanging on to for a long time. Because <laughs> they've honestly not have much to be proud of. Well, like, they had the Andrews Townsend goal. Yeah, on yeah, one city. goal. I know, I know. No, I'm talking about team efforts oh, yeah. here. That
1: was a team effort.
0: I think Andrew Townsend's right foot is his own effort
2: is left foot. <laughs> they won the game. Or... <laughs> I think he did it with his wrong foot. Yeah, really, wow.
0: But anyways, regardless, I'm saying you know as far as momentum's going, as far as results are going, this is probably the proudest moment in a very long time.
2: Very true.
0: And Man City, like a team that just literally beat United. Yep. A team where United is worth so much more than Crystal Palace can ever be, and Crystal Palace is hoping for a guy like edward and a and a kid like michael olise to come out of nowhere mm-hmm. when you got guys like ronaldo not being able to do certain things against city so yep. i think he needs to get kudos because he's been very quiet and he hasn't even managed major teams he, he, managed, he managed nycfc he, and he managed nice yeah nice bigger team but mm. dude come on like what's the backing here like that's fantastic i think i think Vieira and Gerard. And Chavi, we haven't seen much yet, mm-hmm. but I think those three are going to be actual real deal. I'm a legend, but I also know how to coach, and I don't think there's that many of them. Very true.
1: We didn't put Oleg Onososhay on that list. It's <laughs> a lot of lists. I don't put him in, but he has one of the largest unbeaten away game records, by the way. Well, it's not helping him right now, is it? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> No but I feel like
2: the <laughs>
1: Crystal Palace appointment last year with, what was the name of the coach? That old geezer. Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson, thank you. Gotcha. Legend. <laughs> legend of coaching. Word. Um, with him leaving was the perfect time because you saw Crystal Palace getting a little stale. They weren't playing well. Zaha wasn't playing well. Then you got Vieira coming. You're like, oh, what's this all about? You know, obviously, legend of the game. Players are going to be excited to learn off of him. And he literally walks in and he's like, we're going to attack. And everybody gets hyped, right?
2: And is so, that actually, how VR talks? I kind of feel like to it. you, but uh, I think so. can Obviously. you do that again. <laughs> we are here to attack. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. Go ahead. That was what my was that? Was it good? <laughs> like, it sounds like it, it. Sounds like an old Greek guy. to me. <laughs> Yeah.
1: But I think it came out the perfect time, and I think this is a catalyst of disappointment and all these players wanting to play, and all these signings. I feel like. It's like a perfect Cinderella story. Yeah. All right, look, they're doing
0: fantastic. And you know what? Out of my statement, I want to add an extra name because I feel like he's been undervalued, rightfully so, for a long period of time. But if he keeps up what he's doing, he needs to be start being started to talk about. And this is going to go into more of like a top four talk and who's going to make those top six spots and all that kind of stuff. Is it David Moyes? Not David Moyes. Graham Potter. Mikel Arteta.
1: Huh. I can't believe you skipped over
2: David Moyes. I can't believe you skipped over Graham Potter. I like it's skipping over a lot of first. people. Oh, uh, Brian.
1: <laughs> But I
0: think Mikel Arteta, out of all the weeks we've been talking... We don't really say anything positive because
1: you don't want to say anything positive. I always bring them up. Listen, I say, Arsenal They're doing are trash.
2: I'm a Spurs fan. No talking about <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> no, Arsenal. On we this just line. have. We're Dele not about to be biased on this oh, podcast. Oh, I'm, sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shut up. It's just Deli All guests. check out. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. My God.
0: But honestly, like, look at what Mikel Arteta is doing. He had a terrible start. Everyone's saying, you know what? Maybe he's got to go. He's literally right behind Liverpool. All of a sudden. And, you know, look at the players he's he's doing it with. You know, Smith-Rose coming up. He's playing in midfield with Maitland Niles mm-hmm. from a lone knee. You know, he loaned him out to West Brom, didn't yeah. really do much. Now he's playing him as CDM. He's got him next to Lokonga. Who's that? No idea.
2: It's some guy they got from right over the summer.
0: You know what I mean? Look at his back four. Back four is brand new. Yeah. Tomiyasu.
1: We laughed about that.
2: He, he, Spurs wanted him for a while. We laughed
1: about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Malin and I actually fought to get back on the team because he said he was going to leave if he didn't play him, and he just started playing him again. Ben White laughed about that. Mm. Yeah, it was an expensive signing. Ramsdale, I laughed about that. Yep.
0: Probably
1: the top goalkeeper right now. I think that's one of the right now. biggest signings for them. For and
0: sure. And just, you know, I, I give him kudos because he made a lot of moves that everybody was like, you know, including me, kind of laughed at. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You clearly don't know what you're doing. You're desperate. You're grabbing random players that you can grab.
1: And then all of a sudden, he's getting results. It's about time. I like it because he's doing it in an Arsenal fashion. He's getting those budget players that no one really knows or talks about. And he's making them into something by following a system. So he has a system in place. And he knew with the correct players, his system would work. And he's picked right on all of them. Like... The players that are on that team, on that bench, those aren't his. You know what I mean? He's using the young kids. Obviously, Saka's been brilliant. Smith Rowe, he's making him shine. But all his appointments have been spot on. And now that he actually has a full team that's not injured,
2: he's on a huge winning streak. Mm-hmm. Listen, you you guys are mentioning all these players on Arsenal, but I think you guys forgot to mention the most important player, which is my boy Mohamed el Nini. <laughs> So I don't know what you guys are talking about with Smith rowe and all Eleni this And then he got his
0: ten minutes,
2: he's done for the season. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> we already have one of different Did you play for Arsenal? <laughs> yes, bro. Still? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he, 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 he used played on the bench. He played eight minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's there for luggage. Alright, now that we've talked for Arsenal about eight minutes, let's move on to, you know, a real manager. Okay. David Moyes. Alright, let's give him some. Come on. Okay. The man lost the United job. No one would hire him. for what happened? And here he is. Got this West Ham appointment. He's third place right now. This team looks brilliant. I agree. This team can be in the top four. He has all the players firing. Ben Rama's doing excellent for them. Declan Rice is playing on another level. He figured out the defense. Their whole team is solid from back to front. As long as they don't have injuries. They can really push for that top four. And guess what? And they beat Liverpool to get there.
0: And it was yeah. hard for me to watch, but they completely deserve that, that win. Yeah, maybe you can argue the Allison goal wasn't an own goal, impediment, whatever it is. But to be honest with you, watching that game, West Ham deserved to take that one away. And I do think he's done a fantastic job.
2: David Moyes, I, I've watched a couple West Ham games this season. And he has them running, man. He has them working so hard. I see players like Declan Rice, like Pablo Fornals, running their socks off for the team. So somehow he's instilled this mentality that like, hey, you know, last year they finished above Spurs. I'm pretty sure they finished sixth. They got into the Europa League. I think they're unbeaten in the Europa League. So to get to, you know, uh, when was the last time we've heard of West Ham in a European competition? Probably not in a very long time. I don't think ever, honestly. I don't know too much about West Ham, but the fact that he's done that and it's his second appointment, because you know usually when second appointments come around, they're usually like, "eh, we'll keep him for a year, see how things go." But he's 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 been he's been doing fantastic, and honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if they get top four and and go into the Champions League next year. You know, nobody expected them to be in the Europa League this year, so and they're doing great. So so kudos to them, but. At the same time, they'll be I because, you know, they're Spurs uh, rivals. And I'm being a little biased. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, think at the, I think at the end of it, you know, I, I already made my predictions way earlier. Mm. I actually still feel pretty strong about what I said as my top four. I still feel like at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have these spurts where the more, you know, unpredictable teams, mid-table, whatever you want to call them. They're going to have their spurts of doing well and they're going to creep into that top four. But there is just that grit and that depth in some of these big teams that I feel like is just going to pile drive them into that top four. And it's just a matter of who's stopping where.
2: Hit me with the top four right now. What do you think? Champions to fourth place in order. Go ahead.
0: I'm gonna, just going to stick with exactly what I said before, which cool. is Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United.
2: Interesting. You're still keeping United fourth after all the shit that they've been through in the first. Yeah. portion of the Yeah. Because I feel
0: like it's going to be that kind of story again. Mm. But. With the quality that they have, it's impossible not to get some results. Okay. And they will get enough results, and they may end up having a strong run after January. Who knows what happens? Yeah. I just have that gut feeling that they're going to have that comeback, but they're going to lose so much momentum. That top three is no joke. You can't break that top three with having too many hiccups.
2: Florida, what but about those
0: you?
1: top three teams are hiccuping
2: a right lot now. more
0: than usual. Well, correct. Yeah. and And that's why it's still staying so close, you know. You know, like we said, Crystal Palace beat City. So now you're like, all right, Liverpool's gone. West Ham beat Liverpool. Every
1: time a, a top three team, like meaning Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, dropped points, they all drop points. Only uh, a couple of occasions where Chelsea won it out and didn't drop points.
0: Well, that's what I was saying. You know, Chelsea's the only one not hiccuping right now. They're still only They're three just brushing ahead. by.
1: There are games where they should have tied or lost, and they pull off a win, which is why they're up top. Look, they tie
0: Burnley. They tie Southampton. Look, I, I really think... It it's
1: gonna be tight, right? But without Lukaku, and when Lukaku comes back, they'll probably add the goals again. I could agree. So, well, you know,
2: what do you think your 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 top, well, my top, top four, four was
1: ahead. uh, my top four was Chelsea, Man United. I believe it was.
0: Yeah, it was mine. Just Man United, Liverpool switched.
1: First. Yeah, Did you still stand City by with... that as
2: Manchester United in no, second absolutely, place. Absolutely okay. not. So, what's your revised top four given current situation? My still revised
1: left. top four would be. Man City,
2: Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United. Wow! So you're 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 going against Mike and, and saying City are going to be champs, not Chelsea. Yeah, I think City's the best team in the league still. And with Antonio, our, with with our striker. What's your top four? I'm I'm so undecided between the champ. Right, I think Chelsea is doing fantastic. I think they're gonna once Lukaku comes back, you know, he's gonna go on this run of form and get goals. But I kind of agree with you, Florida, I think Manchester City are Just too damn good, you know, even though they're you know still don't have their star striker and all this and that, you know, they were champs last year and they played a false nine all year with Ferran Torres up top. So, I think they Pep is getting the most out of the squad. They're gonna finish first, Chelsea second, Liverpool third, and fourth is such a big question mark. It could be it could really be anybody, you know, uh, you know, bias Antonio's gonna say Spurs because Antonio Conte. But looking at this table... It literally could be anybody. It literally could be anybody, you know? Leicester could come back. Brighton, who knows? You get West to choose Ham. one. Who's your fourth? At this rate, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to say West Ham. Can you believe it or not? All right. Because, because, because you know, the, nobody expected them to get sixth last year, like I said. I think they're going to get fourth this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think consensus, will all meet in the middle. Liverpool probably going to win the league.
2: And that's it. Definitely not. And then Definitely you woke not. up from your dream. Podcast
1: <laughs> over. <laughs>
0: But yeah, like we said, there's a lot going on. This is a tight race. There's so much unraveling. We want to see what these managers bring to the table. Are our predictions on point with what's going to happen next? You know, thanks, guys, for listening to Above the Pitch again. We're going to come again after this week and uh, give you another episode. And we want to thank our special guest, Antonio, which... We'll definitely get another feature on this podcast. Yeah, yes,
1: we guys. appreciate you taking over the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. We'll feature on our
2: own podcast for the next, next time. One. I'm only seeing three words, <laughs> but not on a serious note. I, I appreciate uh, you guys having me, and it's uh, it's been awesome. All right, thanks, guys. There's only one London club. West Ham.